0: Welcome to Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're glad you're joining us today. If you haven't already done so, we'd love for you to become a subscriber. Just hit that subscribe button. You might want to also hit that notification bell where you get notified each time a new episode is posted. We come to you live at noon on Wednesdays, but it is posted then, and you can listen to it anytime after that on most popular podcast platforms. Each week on the podcast, we spend some time reviewing the message series that we're in at Lakeshore, uh, and previewing some things that are coming up here at the church. We are uh, start. We started back in the beginning of the year, in January, first uh, of January, with a new message series called "When Less Is More," and the theme of the series is simplifying our overcomplicated lives so that we can focus on the things that matter the most and not be overburdened by the things that don't matter. Uh, taking away from those more important things. We started out with a message called Simple but not easy. Uh, the focus was th- the teachings of Jesus really are the teachings we could listen to and follow that would simplify our lives and get us focused on the most important things. But even those even though those teachings are often simple, they're easy to understand, they're not always easy to implement and to live out in everyday life. That's why we need, uh, the guidance of Scripture. That's why we need the presence of the Holy Spirit, and uh, we need to spend time in prayer, communication with the Father and with others who are trying to honor God. All those things put together help us do the hard things that we need to do to live out the simple teachings of Jesus. Uh, last week we talked about, uh, or Sunday before last, we looked at a message we called Let Me Check My Schedule. Uh, the, the theme of that message was really how we overbook ourselves so much. We, we try to cram too many things in, and when we do that, it takes away from the quality of, of the things we are doing. We're present, but we're not really present. We're not really there like we need to be because we're so busy and thinking about the next thing and the next thing. And so if we could get our schedules uh, reorganized and reprioritized, uh, we can get rid of some of the extra stuff, and we can focus more on those things, that, like we said, that matter the most and give them the quality attention that they deserve to have, like family and friends, like our commitment to to the church and serving there. And those those things can get the attention that they need to get. Uh, our children, uh, our focus on them, all, all of those things are are of high priority in most people's lives. So if they are really the higher priority, then let's get rid of some nonessential things, some things that don't need to be there so we can give more focus to those things that matter the most, especially the eternal things of the kingdom of God. Well, this past Sunday, we uh, had a message that I entitled Stuffed. It's how our lives are stuffed full of stuff. The material things of this world have much uh, too high a priority in our lives for we're, we're making sacrifices and giving up things that are, are, are of greater value than the temporary things of this world so that we can have the temporary things of this world. We started out with a passage from First Timothy chapter 6, that uh, again is simple but not so easy to implement uh, in real life paul said to timothy at beginning of verse six but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it well that sounds pretty simple doesn't it we all need to know this and understand this in fact it is pretty much common sense we know that when we die and enter into the rest of our eternal lives We can't take any of this temporary stuff with us into eternity. And so it should not hold as high a value to us as we often give it. Uh, He goes on to say this, this warning that he has with it. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Sounds simple, but not easy, right? Then he says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires, plunge people into ruin and destruction there's that warning there and then he this is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible verse 10 here it says this for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil now he doesn't say money's a root of evil he's never said that in Scripture money's not a bad thing it's a neutral thing it can be used for really good things or really bad things or or things that just don't matter right you can just waste it but The love of money is a root, is a driving force for all kinds of evil things that people do in the world. He says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Uh, That desire for money, for wealth, for stuff can so consume us that we're willing to do things that we know are outside of God's will and God's plan and God's purpose for our lives just to get that temporary money material thing the stuff that we're thinking will make our lives better, we will be more successful, everything will be great if we just get that next thing or that next raise or a little bit more money. That's going to take care of everything for us. And the truth is the studies have shown just what a flawed idea that is. There are people that are happy that are poor and people that are happy that are rich. But there are also, on the other end of that extreme, people that are very sad and very uh, uh, disturbed and and and, uh, and angry and and confused who have little uh, of the material things in this world but there are also people in that condition who have all the wealth in the world you think they've got everything looking at it from the outside you think they ought to be happy they've got all this stuff but for a lot of people that they, they've proven that that doesn't guarantee happiness or peace or or feeling of purpose in life so it's not Uh, about the money giving us that. And that's the deception that we can often fall into. That is provided by God in our relationship with God. That peace, that security, um, that contentment comes from him, not from the stuff. Uh, If if you're trying to get it from the stuff, then there's always more stuff to get. And you're never satisfied. You're never content as long as there's newer, bigger, better, something out there that you don't have now uh, that keeps you from being content. So contentment uh, really lies in that relationship that we can have with the Father. Well, Jesus gave us some uh, simple, easy-to-understand teaching by example in Luke 21 that we looked at this past Sunday. Uh, In Luke 21, verses 1 through 4, Jesus is teaching his disciples. they're, They're outside the temple, the entrance to the temple, and people are arriving at the temple, as they often did there with their offerings that they're going to give to God. And the temple was set up so that in the entryway, they had offering boxes uh, attached to the walls there, and those boxes were made of bronze. And so people, as they came into the temple, would put their offerings into these bronze boxes. Now, you have to remember, uh, they didn't have paper money that they would use at that time. They had uh, coins made out of metal, uh, copper, Uh, They would have bronze, they would have silver and gold coins. And when you dropped them into a metal bronze box, those coins would make a lot of noise. And so it became very common for people to, to listen to the offerings that were being put into the boxes because the wealthy people could come with lots of big coins that uh, represented a lot of value, and pour those in in large amounts, and it would just make lots of noise, and it would impress everybody uh, by what they were doing and how they were giving so much. But poor people, of course, would not have those resources, and what they would put in would not make nearly as much noise as those who had uh, a lot of material things. So Jesus is there with his disciples. It says in verse 1, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Now that must have taken them back a little bit when he just point blank made the simple statement, the widow put in more than all the others. When she only put in two small copper coins, it's often called a mite, uh, only had a a very small value to it. In today's Uh, economy it might be a couple of bucks right to maybe two dollars in value Uh, but he says i this poor woman widow has put in more than all the others all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on that's why jesus says her offering was so much more than all the others It's not because of dollar amount. It's because of how Jesus defines more. And it's not the way the world usually defines it. It's not the way most of us would normally define it. Jesus defines more, uh, not by portion, but by proportion. By proportion, this poor widow gave way more than the others had given because it was all she had to live on. It wasn't just a percentage it wasn't just a legal obligation of ten percent it was all she had to live on and that's why jesus calls attention to it because we're often impressed by the wrong thing we're often uh, deceived into thinking that uh, the larger dollar amount means that the person is given more being more generous uh, and that's not necessarily the case now note, too, Jesus is not condemning the rich people who are putting their offerings in. He's not criticizing them at all. He's just pointing out how this poor widow was doing something even more impressive, more by proportion, uh, more of her life was given in that offering because it was all she had to live on. So we oftentimes define more the wrong way in our minds, the way the world would define it. Well, Jesus also defines more, not by the sum, but by the sacrifice. I already said this was all she had to live on. So this is a sacrificial gift that she's giving that day. Uh, And it wasn't required by the law that she give everything she had to live on. The law required a tithe. And and a tithe is the simple word means a tenth. So it's a tenth of whatever you were blessed with, you bring back to God. You give it to him uh, off the top as a way to honor God and show God uh, your loyalty and commitment to him. Well, she's not just giving a tithe. She's giving everything she had to live on, which implies that she's not doing this uh, because she had extra to give at all. She didn't. This is a sacrifice for her to give this gift. And God looks at uh, our giving. He looks at our possessions and, and measures our willingness to, to give to him, not by the sum, the number amount, but by the sacrifice that it represents. Are we putting him above other things? Are we by faith trusting God to take care of us when we give that amount to him uh, so that we're willing to make a sacrifice for what we believe is more important uh, than other things we might be able to use the money for? And Jesus also defines more not by obligation, but by opportunity. Remember, this lady is not obligated to give that amount. It's not by the law, by the teachings of Scripture. Uh, the, the spiritual leaders at that time would not teach that at all. Uh, they understood it was about proportion. With the tithe, That's a perfect way to proportionately give. So she's not obligated to do this. But what she sees here is an opportunity to show God her love, her loyalty, her commitment to him. It's an opportunity to invest in something that matters more than the temporary things of this world. She's investing in God's kingdom and the kingdom work uh, that is eternal and, and honoring a God who's an eternal God who already owns everything. He doesn't need the money, but he wants her heart. He wants her life to be surrendered to him, just like he does for all of us. God doesn't need our money. He owns everything already. But what he wants is us, he wants our heart. That's why Jesus said, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. It's a measure, it's like a test of what's really important to us, what really matters the most to us. And that's why Jesus points out this widow's offering as being one that is the perfect example for his disciples to see so that they could learn to value the eternal things more than the temporary things of the world. That's a lesson we need to learn over and over again. We live in a culture that is designed to get us to put our trust in the next thing, the newest thing. the, the thing that we can purchase, the thing that we can get through, uh, you know, Amazon can deliver it right to your door and your life's going to be so much better when you get that next package and you get it and you open it and you use it and you toss it to the side and you see another thing in another package and it goes on and on and on. And sometimes we can get that so out of balance and get so caught up in that that we have forgotten the temporary nature of all of those things. And we've also forgotten that those things could never do for us what only God can do for us. Those things aren't evil, and buying things, that's not evil. God doesn't call that a sin. But he does want us to understand that the temporary things of this world can never do for us what God can do for us. We want God wants us to see him as our source of security and provision so that we're willing to trust him and invest in the things that he's told us really matter, the things of the eternal kingdom of God. Well, if you missed that message, you can go back and catch it on our YouTube channel. we uh, love for you to join us in person at Lakeshore, but any time you have to miss. This past Sunday, we uh, actually only had one service, and we had it at the Antioch campus at 11 o'clock because of the ice and the snow on the roads and all of that. So uh, we had a good crowd. A lot of people came for that service, but we know not everybody could make it, and that's one reason I'm so glad that we have our online live stream, and uh, then we have it posted there so you can catch it later. Uh, So we did live stream that service, and it is archived now on our YouTube channel so that you can go back and catch that. Well, this next week we're going to finish up this series uh, on When Less is More, and I'm going to be talking about something that is really a journey we've been on here at Lakeshore, how we need to have an uncomplicated church life. Uh, that doesn't sound normal to a lot of churches and a lot of preachers. But way back in 2006, I first read a book. It came out brand new in 2006. It's by Tom Rainer and Eric Geiger called Simple Church. And they had done a lot of research, as, as uh, they often do. Uh, Tom Rainer does so much research there. And uh, he also used other sources like Varner Research and, and got material from them and studies from them. And what the studies were showing is that churches had really gotten to a place where they were overcomplicating church life for the staff, uh, for the pastors, for the members of the church. They were over scheduling and over programming so much so that it was hurting the church more than it was helping the church. And it was hurting church members more than it was helping church members. And it was hurting our efforts to reach lost people uh, like we needed to be reaching lost people for Christ. And so they came out with this book called Simple Church. And in the book, they talk about how we need to have a, a more simple way of doing church life uh, and making disciples and really streamlining what we do so that we're not so just worn out running programs and having activities and thinking we have to keep our members entertained all the time, and especially uh, like youth programs where we have to keep our youth entertained all the time and have these big programs and big uh, events going on all the time. And it was just wearing everybody out. It was depleting resources very quickly that the church, some churches just couldn't afford to, to keep up the pace like that and to staff all of those things with staff and volunteers. It, it was just cause, uh, causing a problem for our churches, and it wasn't being as effective as you would think it would be uh, to run all of those programs, those ministries, and those activities it wasn't reaching lost people. And churches were declining, and uh, many were beginning to close their doors. And so the concept was, let's go back to the simple Christianity of the New Testament, uh, get back on track with, with what we need to be focusing on as the primary focus of the church. So at Lakeshore, we did this study together uh, with our elder team, And we were all convinced that we needed to do some of that streamlining and simplifying at Lakeshore. And then we did the study with our staff, uh, and we were all convinced we needed to do some of this. And we did a few of those things after we had done the study together. We began to try to scale down a little bit, not try to overdo it with running so many ministries and programs. But we didn't really get that serious about it, Uh, and it began to get bigger again. We started adding more things again, even after we had cut some things out. And so we went through it again and we studied it again and prayed about it again. And finally, uh, it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago that we got even more serious about getting focused on main things. So we we had already had this mission statement, this vision statement for the church. But we really got back to it and started saying, all right, moving forward as a church, we are going to focus on three main areas. Lakeshore exists to connect people to Christ and each other to grow people to maturity in Christ, and to serve people in the name of Christ. We're going to stay focused on those three things. We're not going to get more complicated than that. Now, there are a lot of ways to do those three things, but we're going to keep it those three things. And so we decided everything we do, everything we consider doing, everything we consider not doing, we put it through that filter. Of, will it help us accomplish this vision of connecting people to Christ and each other? Will it help us grow people to maturity in Christ? And will we, will we be able to serve people in the name of Christ through this? Ideally, whatever we do as a church should meet all of those uh, qualifications. And the things that we don't do, will be things that don't really accomplish those things, don't really help us do those three core values that we say we have as a church. So this Sunday, I hope you'll join us. We have services here at the Antioch campus at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and We have service at our Smyrna campus at 10 a.m. And we'll be focusing on the connect, grow, and serve of Lake Shore Christian Church. So join us in person if you can. If not, we live stream at 9 a.m. And then once it's posted, you can catch it. Any time after that before we go today, I want to remind you of a few things we have coming up. Uh, we have a welcome lunch. If you're new to Lakeshore, uh, we do these regularly and uh, we've got another one coming up on Sunday, February the 4th. It'll be immediately following the 10 o'clock service at the Smyrna campus and immediately following the 11 o'clock service at the Antioch campus. You need to register in advance for that. The lunch is free and we can provide child care for you if you need it while we have our our time together at the welcome lunch. But you need to register so we know how many to plan for, how many children to have for child care purposes and all of that. You can go to our website at lakeshorechristian.com. Uh, click on that graphic that says Welcome Lunch, and it'll take you to that registration page. Or if you're at one of our campuses this Sunday, you can, you can register at the kiosk in the lobby. We also plan to have a uh, Valentine photo station on Sunday, February the 11th. It's just going to be a fun uh, picture station set up there, so you can go have some fun taking some pictures and celebrating Valentine's Day that weekend. So we hope you'll come and uh, be prepared for some fun pictures there. We always want to encourage you to, if you're not already connected to a life group, uh, let us know that you're interested. We'd love to help you get connected. Again, you can do that through our website. Just click on that life group graphic there, and it'll take you to that page where you can Uh, Give us your information, and someone will follow up with you to help you connect with the Life Group. And remember, all this year we're celebrating 50 years as a church. We're excited about that. And we're leading up to the actual uh, November the 17th, that Sunday, it's the actual anniversary of the incorporation uh, of Lakeshore Christian Church. We're going to do a big event for that, so mark that on your calendars and plan to be with us if you can uh, for our 50th anniversary celebration. We hope to see you soon as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church.